This programme was first broadcast on Canterbury's community access radio station Plains FM 96.9 and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. It's time to be taken on a journey on the DJ Mac Travel Show, only on Plains FM. everyone and welcome to today's show. We're going to start the show with a, a bit of a reflection of the backwards and forwards I guess and also with the election over and Jacinda is now, a, well she's not our new Prime Minister, she's maintained being the Prime Minister and we've had an interesting election cycle and an interesting election in itself for a government to have such a large majority and a little bit of a rundown on what we thought of the election coverage itself. I thought the most interesting thing was when Uncle Calvin Davis from the, the Deputy Leader of the Labour Party or the Deputy Prime Minister started his poem and his speech at the Labour Party's party in the Town Hall in Auckland. It was one of those moments where you'd probably wish that one of your family members would sit down and somewhat keep themselves to themselves because it went on and on. The other side of it as well, I see Clark Gayford is now back on TV showing us how to fish. I guess this is a, an effect of trying to become more self efficient in a way. Winston Peters, well, it looks like he might have gone fishing as well and is not to be seen since. And also with uh, probably return back to Taronga to retire and maybe do coffee dates with Simon Bridges. The other side of it is Judith Collins maybe returning back with her husband back to Samoa for a, a nice treat away. Um, and try and returning back to New Zealand probably without getting into um, New Zealand. She'll probably get notes from Jerry on how to bypass security. And not to be forgotten, the uh, Green Party has won Auckland Central, and but yet this has probably not been enough to keep them um, in the halls of power as they wanted to. And of course, there's the elephant in the room in the South Pacific, that's our room, is COVID-19. And as it is about to restart around the world, an insurgence of this virus is now going to become another problem for us as we continue over the few years. Basically, um, the UK this coming Thursday is going to go into a four-week lockdown. Um, I think this has basically been put in place to, obviously, as an insurgence of the virus happening, but it's also to fall in line with what's going to happen in Christmas time, and I think the UK doesn't want to be in lockdown in that period of time. Other parts of the United States, around the world, um, Asia, and most of Europe are also um, having a resurgence of COVID-19, which makes us very, very lucky in this small country in the South Pacific. As the new year is now beginning to sort of look upon us, and um, basically we're now in November, and so what are we going to begin to do? Do we start planning something big? Do we, we we've talked on the show um, about seeing New Zealand, and I could probably talk about a lot of things around New Zealand, but it's up to people's individuality there on what you want to do 
um, what interests you and, and basically searching around, obviously Google or Maps or doing anything like that or just a bit of um, knowledge of an area um, will be beneficial in any way. Um, but I thought today we would have a little bit of a look about some things that maybe we could look long term um, maybe not booking anything, but starting to have a look at what we would like to have um, a long-term plan, something to basically look forward to. You sort of work Monday to Friday and and you go away on a holiday and you come back refreshed. But if you've got something long-term looking forward to, um, maybe this is the opportunity now to do a little bit of research into it. Obviously, some of the research is going to be hindered by the fact it might not be operating, um, and definitely flights may look very, very expensive. Um, I've had a look at one or two flights. A flight in February from Christchurch to Singapore will cost you around about $2,500. And I also checked out another flight, which was from basically from... Uh, it was meant to go from Los Angeles to Auckland to Los Angeles and then down to South America. And that was looking at somewhere around about $16,000 just for the flight's return. And then also you've got your $3,000 quarantine procedures um, and payments to be made at the end. So take those sort of things out of the equation and sort of look a lot more long term and then maybe start planning a bit of a mega holiday. And so there's a number of things that we can look at, a number of things that we might find um, that we're, we're interested in. And so I thought I would come up with some as well. And so there's one or two things to look at. So if we go to Salvador, which is a country, um, well, not a country, it's a city in North um, South America. It's north of Rio de Janeiro and also the mega city of Sao Paulo in Brazil, and they have a carnival that happens there. So we'll just have a look at that. This city is a, a reasonably large city in the on the east coast of Brazil, and it has a, a carnival that is basically happens um, around be, just before Ash Wednesday, which is February the 21st to February the 26th of 2021. So obviously we're probably not going to look at it doing it at that time this year or next year, but maybe 2022 or 2023. And it is a, a, a carnival that takes place in the city of Salvador. Um, it is the a gateway to a lot of the beaches to the north of the city. It's called the Salvador Carnival, and it takes place in that, like I said, in the week of Ash Wednesday. It was first held in the 16th century, and it comes about from Portuguese, when the Portuguese were part of um, Brazil. Uh, Salvador has a population of approximately 6 million people. So it is a, um, a street festival, carnival, and it is uh, well worth having a look at. Obviously, you would probably make plans to do other activities within um, Brazil or South America and taking into account that Air New Zealand used to fly and probably will return back flying um, a number of years' time to Argentina. So you could do the entire east coast of South America from Argentina up through to Brazil. Another carnival to look at um, along the same lines is in Mexico and it is in the Mazatlan, Mazatlan Carnival, which is M-A-Z-A-T-L-A-N Carnival. And this is a city that I've actually been to and it is um, 
just at the entrance or the Sea of Cortez, um, opposite, directly opposite the um, peninsula, the Californian peninsula. And again, this is um, is sort of it takes place in late February, and it is um, a carnival that is designed. It was set up to um, celebrate large ships coming into this port city. Um, it started in 1897, and uh, it was, um, is a festival of the city and the port and entire parts of the Mexican life. And relatively easy to get there is somewhat um, because Mexico and the United States are quite open to each other with direct flights and so forth. So Los Angeles, Auckland to Los Angeles, and then it would be a, a, a flight from Los Angeles down into Mexico. You could also look at um, cruising if you were interested in doing a cruise, um, if you wanted to do it that way. Um, it's just a matter of looking for the itineraries for that. And that um, is in late February, so something also to look forward to. Another option um, is also probably a little bit closer to home and um, depending on how you want to do things, and that is New Year's. So we can celebrate New Year's here in New Zealand if we wish, um, but if long-term plans we want to sort of travel overseas and have a look at something different. We've also got New Year's in Singapore, or you could try New Year's in Hong Kong. So this is the Chinese New Year, and Singapore is probably one of the best places to go to. It's relatively easy um, to get to, and of course we're talking about long-term plans here, so we're talking about maybe two or three years away, um, and hopefully um, Singapore Airlines is doing daily flights on a more reasonable pricing package than what's available now. So basically Singapore is an island state situated um, 96 kilometres or 60 miles north of the equator, so it does get quite warm, and obviously um, in midsummer. Um, the humidity and so forth will be quite high. And also it is at the very end of the Malaysian Peninsula um, and it's actually availability or getting there is approximately between 9 and a 10 hour flight. So if you don't mind doing that long haul, you know, you're doing up to 3 to 4 hour flights across the Tasman. So to get to Australia and other parts of the Pacific Islands. So Singapore is quite accessible in some ways. Um, it has a Relatively, um, the festival or the New Year's festivals in the Chinatown of Singapore does bring in large numbers of um, people. So you'll probably around a million um, foreigners and locals going to uh, the New Year's festivals there as well. So if you might have to get used to being back around large crowds as well um, in, the, in the same period. So the festival period um, is in, into the New Year within 15 days um, and it all activities around the city um, make it um, an interesting place to go. Um, there's also you could do some research into travelling to Hong Kong, um, but the book that I was basically taking the information from was sort of talking about Hong um, versus like Singapore versus New Year in Hong Kong, and we're basically saying that um, Hong Kong is a, a better, well, not, not not the best option, and Singapore is a better option, and best definitely for us here in um, Christchurch. It is the better option as well. Right. Something a little bit closer to home and hopefully um, 
with the way things are going within the South Pacific here and in Australia with our um, bubbles and the con- the control of the con- coronavirus and also um, maybe in the planning as you look forward to um, doing something is are these events going to happen? So, for example, the Melbourne Art Festival. Is that going to happen? Am I being silly to make plans to do that? And I guess we have to be positive and think, yes, yes, it's going to eventually happen. So, again, so the Melbourne Arts Festival, obviously in Melbourne in Australia, and there are direct flights from Christchurch to Australia, um, to Melbourne, so it shouldn't be uh, too much of a major hassle as such. So the location is in Melbourne, uh, southeast coast, and it is um, a festival that runs for 17 days every October, and it has a visitor number of around about 475,000 people, and the temperature in October in in Melbourne is around about 19 degrees, so relatively um, similar to what we would have um, at this time, well, maybe not at this time of year, but later on, maybe November, December here in Christchurch. Um, so it's a celebration of global performances and visual arts, and it was established in 1986. And it brings in events and, and people from all over this, around the world. So it will depend relatively on how the rest of the world is coping, but also it is something to look forward to, something to plan, um, and something to look in, in, into as um, as time goes on. Another part of if the festival is not on or is not as big as it used to be is also looking at the Great Ocean Road. So we'll just have a look at that. The Great Ocean Road is um, is approximately three hundred kilometres or one hundred and eighty miles along the coast of Victoria, and it basically travels from Melbourne to the west, sort of heading to Adelaide. Um, and as the road sort of as Ocean Road sort of mentions, it follows the um, the ocean. So it's Australians Australia's Great Ocean Road is acclaimed by Aussies and others alike as the continent's most stunning coastal route, and with good reason. One of the first highways in the country built specifically for tourists. It follows the southern coast of Victoria of Victoria, for roughly 300 kilometres or 180 miles, like I said before, um, winding its way through some astounding ocean sceneries. It... Um, it is loosely defined as Great Ocean Road region. Region includes well-known sites such as the Twelve Apostles, and um, that is where the sea has come round and is um, eroded in behind parts of um, small bays, which has left these apostles. That's the right word for it, and it's like islands in the in the, in, in the surf, and they're just. Um, sort of out there in the middle of nowhere, and they'll eventually fall over. But at the moment, there are twelve of them. Um, and it also, um, there's Bells Beach, and it continues uh, only coastal um, mountain range. So it has a mountain range as well, uh, of, and there is the, the road itself. So it, it sort of hugs the mountains and also the coast, and the Twelve Apostles are one of the major um, sites to see there. You've also, this is again getting way off the um, into major planning is the Pan-American Highway. Um, this is the world's longest highway running from Alaska right down to the bottom of South America of Chile. And it's, 
you can either plan to do it in one one go. It's 48,000 kilometres in distance um, and it basically goes from Alaska through Canada right down through the United States, uh, Mexico City, and then you cross through the Panama Canal and then you follow the co- Coastal Pacific Highway as well through uh, Lima, um, through Peru, sorry, um, the capital of Lima. Lima is the capital of Peru. Um, and then you travel all the way down through to Chile, right down to the bottom of um, Cape Horn, basically at the bottom of uh, South America. So yeah, again, um, that's uh, quite a lot of distance to travel. And um, you would have to, um, that would take a lot of planning, but would be something relatively very good to look forward to. It could also be something where you do that in segments um, and you might do certain chunks of it per year um, or you decide just to do it in one go. Depends. could be interesting trying to get the rental car back. Um, There might be a a hefty charge on that one. So um, it might be a good idea to buy a car or have a look at what your best options are there um, in such a long journey. But not just those two. So that one's relatively close to home and relatively easy to do. Pan American Highway is extreme, but there are other places also that you may have seen on TV, you may have seen on a um, sort of read about, or maybe just want to go and visit and turn it into a bit of a, a road trip as well is um, definitely one way of seeing different parts of the world. And definitely if you enjoy driving, um, and, and don't mind stopping off and doing maybe a bit of camping or motelling or, or roading, or whatever you choose to do. It, it's something that can um, you can plan now for, for the future. Okay, so now finally is something that I'm quite interested in and I, hopefully people have listened long enough have, have realised that I'm into trains and I enjoy uh, model trains and also travelling by trains. And so this is some of the stuff that I've been looking at. One of them is the Palace on Wheels. This is an Indian-based um, train journey and it operates relatively similar to like a cruise ship um, is probably the best way to describe it. It um, travels during the day or night and when you get to your destination there's excursions to different parts of um, the uh, basically the countryside, and so the train pulls into a railway station. It's fully contained. You have sleeping, restaurants. Everything is is basically there for your needs, and um, you travel through parts of the Indian Golden Triangle. So it has uh, quite an interesting array of... um, Travel destinations, but it is this is it's basically a railway tour um, that travels from uh, do Delhi through to Jaipur and other sort of interesting parts of that um, Indian the Indian continent, and also you go to the Taj Mahal and visits most of the places that we recognise as being Indian um, of that part of the world. So the other one that uh, I've started to look into as a trip for myself um, and maybe um, operate it as a tour if once we've sort of done it and worked out how it all works is following the history of a, a, a railroad person that's probably not very well known in New Zealand. In New Zealand, we probably recognise brands such as Union Pacific and Santa Fe 
and Burlington. But these railway companies are relatively very, very famous. But the one that I've shown a bit of interest in and I've been doing some modelling of is a railroad that was set up by a man called Arthur Stilwell. And he was born in August, um, October um, 21st, 1859, and he died in September of 26, 1928. He was originally from New York, but he set up a railroad company called Kansas City Southern. He sort of, when you look into the history of how he went and what happened, he lost control of the railroad and he he did a number of very interesting things um, to make his fortune. But the biggest thing that he did do uh, was he made his money out of travel insurance and then reinvested that money into railroads. And the railroads that I talked about just before, Union Pacific and Burlington, their logic in Santa Fe, their idea was to go across America, so from the East Coast to the West Coast. And Arthur Stilwell's idea was to go from the North to the South. And so I'm at the moment sort of planning and putting a bit of a um, an itinerary together to travel to the United States and follow this um, railroad and the history of the railroad. And as he built the railroad itself, he named parts of the railroad after himself, as you do, I guess. So the city of Port Arthur on the Gulf of Mexico, which is in Texas and close to the border with Mexico, um, is obviously named after himself. And he's named other places as well after family members along the railroad. It is quite an important part of Americans America's infrastructure and um, has re- yeah, it is an interesting sort of company to follow. They also operate trains in Mexico itself. They cross the border into Mexico and also have a railroad network in um, Panama. So it's a, a quite a array of investigation or sort of um, sort of commerce tourism, as you would call it, maybe to have a look at. So um, that's something that I've been looking at um, lately. And um, so what I suggest is, yeah, um, maybe have a look at some of the ideas that I've put forward. Um, if you're interested in certain things such as um, ships and lighthouses or railroads or roading or buildings of any sort or certain people that have made history and going and finding out about them um, and maybe going and visiting where their stomping grounds were, there's opportunities now for us to take the time, research it, and then in maybe two years, getting on that plane and heading to that destination. So I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Um, Yeah, and um, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you. If you liked today's show and would like to hear it again, please go to plainsfm.org.nz and download the podcast by searching the DJ Mac Travel Show. If you would like more information and would like to talk to someone, maybe myself, then please call us on 0800 196633 and that's at Identity Tours here in Christchurch. Thank you and have a good week.